Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. So before I speak, I'm actually going to introduce you guys to um, the rest of our team. First, I'm going to have Meisel Boyce come on up. This is our other director, my partner in crime. (laughs) Meisel and I met when I was 16, my first year at camp on staff. um, And we've gone through a lot together, including planning a camp. And I'm going to let her take it away for now. Hey, hi everybody. So um, can we ask me to come and just kind of talk about my why of why I serve at camp and um, my passion and desire to become a director. And so I have been involved at camp for 12 years now. This will be my 12th year and then this will be my third year as a director. Um, I found out about camp at my old home church and when I found out about a camp that I could help serve at with children because I had a passion for children, I was like, well, yeah, why not? It's a no-brainer. I'm going to go ahead and serve there. And um, I signed up to serve as soon as I was eligible to, which was 16 years old. And, um, yeah, so I have just always had that passion. And just coming out of that week of camp was just a life-changing experience. And it was something that I would do over and over again, no matter how much I would be crying all over again at the end of the week, just seeing their faces light up with going on a golf cart or just getting to jump off the diving board. Or one of my favorite memories is I am not much of a swimmer, okay? You won't see me in the deep end of the pool. But all of the kids found out that I don't really like swimming and they asked me to take all the noodles. They gave me all their noodles that they had and asked me to jump off the diving board. And I'm like, how could I deny these kids from a simple jumping off the diving board? And, and I did it. I, I think I had like 10 noodles on me. <laughs> and I jumped off the diving board for them. But that was something that I will always remember. And, and just seeing their faces light up and they were so proud of me. I'm like, wow, I have some six and seven-year-olds cheering me on. This is great. Um, but that is just some of my why. Like it's, you can ask any of the volunteers that we've had. And you can talk to me again after, after service. Like the birthday party, the Christmas party that we have, seeing their faces light up when they see Santa walk through the door. These are just some of the small whys of why I continue to come back to camp um, year after year. And um, why I wanted to become a director was, well, I was I um, love organizing and planning, especially events. So I'm like, okay, it's a two-in-one. I can work with kids and I can, you know, change the world for them. And then I can plan and do all this stuff. Why not? But the bigger reason, and this sounds so cheesy, but is it's honestly because of Kimmy. And I met her when she first volunteered, um, whenever she was eligible to volunteer. And I know many of you have heard the story, oh, hi, I'm Kimmy. We like country music together and Justin Bieber. And that's how our friendship kind of kicked off. Uh, <laughs> but just seeing how this camp changed her life and just seeing the continuous progress and the way that the Lord has just worked through her life with this camp made me want to be involved in a deeper and like in a more um, involved way. And so that's why I kind of 
started to kind of have this passion and desire to look into becoming a director. And then when Kimmy decided to become a director, we were like, well, it's a no-brainer. Like, we both love camp together. We both, you know, we're both best friends. Like, why not? And and I'm sure she'll tell the rest of the story or, or some one of us will tell the story um, later on. But that's that's my why of why I wanted to become a director and why I continue to serve every year at camp. That's okay. Um, so we are actually going to have two guys come on up, um, our very own Dave and Marty. If you guys can come up on stage with me. Thank you. And whoever gets here first can speak first. <laughs> so I guess since I've done two and you've done one, I guess I'll go first and then you talk for your experience. Okay. Or do you want rock, paper, scissors? Okay. Uh, so I'm Dave, in case you don't know who I am. Uh, and I've been blessed to serve the uh, the first two camps uh, that uh, that uh, Thrive has sponsored. And um, and what's amazing is that our two directors gave birth to a camp while also planning and giving birth to their own children. So uh, they are like super women. So give them an applause right now. And uh, for a church this size to sponsor a camp in a pandemic a second camp in a pandemic, and then a third in less than two years because we did October, July, and now July. You know, it's just really impressive, and it speaks to the uh, the giving of this church family. So give yourselves a round of applause for supporting the camp. Uh, so the, my why is, um, you know, I'm very aware of the fact that so many kids, especially boys, they grow up without positive male role models. And I know I'm kind of close to almost being a positive male role model. I can play one on TV. Uh, so I just, I just really, I really enjoy pouring into kids. Uh, that's why my wife and I are uh, children's pastors. And you know, it's just, I see the importance and the need to really be a positive guy and show them that guys do care, that men can care. And it's okay to care. Uh, my first camp, uh, I don't think we can use names, but... Uh, there was one boy in particular, he came with every warning label in the world. He was bad news. You, you can't trust him. You can't let him out of your sight. In fact, he can't even sleep in the, in the same bunk as the other boys. He's just so bad. But the thing is, that's what people labeled him. But when he came to camp, we treated him like a, a kid. He was just a normal boy. And guess what? That's who he was. He was just a normal boy at camp. And we give these kids an opportunity to do that, to, to have a week where they can be normal kids. They can have fun. They can see Santa walking through the room and, and their jaw hit the floor. Uh, they can see all these gifts and, and these blessings. And it's just, it's an awesome week. And I, I know that uh, we're probably going to do a, a full-fledged pitch, but if you are a man, you are needed you're wanted. Make it happen. We want to see you there this uh, this summer in July. You can make it happen. And where there's a will, the Lord will make a way. Well, that's exactly what they said uh, before I volunteered. Um, it was really uh, Kimmy's testimony that uh, made me volunteer. And... Uh, but I, and, and I remember I told her, I said, look, I said, I'll help you out, but I don't want to deal with any kids. 
<laughs> then I had to tell her that, well, you know, that sounded different in my head. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I, I, like Dave said, this is my, this will be my second year, and uh, I told her I'll help out. I just want to help out behind the scenes, and and that's fine. And so I help out at the grill with me and my wife. Of course, my uh, I volunteered before my wife even knew I did. So then she's like, well, now I have to sign up. So now we're both helping out, uh, you know, wherever we can. And that's it. But like Dave said, they want more guys. So, you know. You'll have uh, plenty of opportunity if you don't want to go there to, uh, you know, support us. And, uh, but anyway, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> and I'm the other guy, yeah. Uh, I'm Matt, Matt Boyce. Uh, my soul is my wife. Uh, that was up earlier. Um, first off, I want to thank you guys for, for coming these last few years. And like they said, guys, 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 we need men. We need men to, to rise up, like Dave was saying. We need to be positive role models for, for the kids and show them that, that men are safe. There are safe men out there. And um, for, for the boys, first off, how to, how to act as a man. For the girls, this is what I'm looking for in a man. Um, that's just kind of been a big passion of mine um, for, for a long time, is just raising up godly men, the next generation, pouring into them, showing what a godly man looks like. Um, <laughs> The, uh, yeah, I'm going to maybe lose it myself here. I said, I whispered to Kimmy over there, he's going to cry. And now I'm up here now, now I'm, now I'm starting. But, um, so we have nine boys already signed up for camp, uh, which is great. Um, but boys are, are usually the lowest number, but, uh, this year we have nine already and that we still have six more months of waiting for applications to come in. And so with that said, we do need male volunteers. Um, we need them not just for numbers, but we need them for positive role models, as we were talking about. It's the biggest thing is a positive role model. Um, and and I, I also want to talk about why I got into this and why, why I, you know, when I started dating myself, she told me about Royal Family Kids Camp. I never heard of it. And I was like, yeah, that, that's awesome. I, I, that's a big heart of mine is, is orphans and widows. And that, that was something that I just felt a tug on my heart from probably five to six years ago. I just reading through the Bible, and the verse in James just spoke to me, James 1, and talks about, um, I got, actually have it here, I'll just read it rather than trying to paraphrase God's word. Um, <laughs> so it says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Um, I think that goes for not just us as Christians, but also the children, also the kids, the orphans, not letting the world corrupt them getting them at that young age and getting them that, that base level of God and, and, and showing that to them. I have people ask me all the time, can you really, do you really see change in the kids in five days? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. 100%. We see, we see change in day one, like Dave just said. Day one, you see a, a flip. Just as soon as you start treating them like, like they're human beings, they're kids, and they're, they're not just you know, the unlovable, so to speak. Uh, they are lovable. And when you show them that love, they reciprocate that. Uh, they see that, that love that you have that it comes from God, and, uh, and godly men is what we need. So that was kind of the reason I got involved in this. I've just kind of had that calling. 
people speaking that verse over my life the last five or six years. And so when my soul said that to me, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting involved in this. And then a year later, we're like, with Kimmy, we're like, hey, we should, we should probably start, start one of these ourselves. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And so that's just how I got involved myself and what my heart for it is. So. Thank you. Thank you both. So now you got to meet us all. Um, Meisel and Matt do not go to our church. Obviously, most of you may have never have seen their faces before. And some of you in this room have never seen my face before either. And I thank you guys for coming today. Um, I'm sure some of you were here for the salts. Um, but now you get to hear about camp, which is exciting. Um, and I just want to add to um, what everyone said. It's It was so easy to start a camp at Thrive, and I was so excited for that. Um, when I first met with Pastor Brian, and I was asking him if we could start a camp, my heart was beating faster than it is this morning. Um, I was like, what if he says, no, I don't know if I can handle rejection. And I had this big, like, almost longer than what I'm going to say today about why we should do it as a church. Even though we're so small, I think that it would be so mighty of us to do. And I didn't have to say any of that. I simply just asked him, hey, can we start a camp? And he immediately said yes. And when I went to my and Matt and asked them, they also immediately said yes. So I know it was the undermaking of God doing that for our camp. So let's begin today. It's with great honor and thankfulness that I stand before you guys today, and I'm able to share with you the love and support that each of you shine into this ministry. And I know a lot of you are thinking, you guys keep talking about camp, but what is camp? Um, camp is, um, we bring them into the cathedrals of the great outdoors for five days. They sleep over for four nights. And sometimes it's tough to be the safety of a child who may have never experienced a single safe person in their entire lives. Leadership spends many months, hours, tears, and hours in prayer in order to entrust ourselves and our staff with God's children. When I speak about RFK, it's tough. There are many tough moments of what's going Okay, um, of what's going on. And I try to offer nothing less of dignity, respect, and love. I have experienced firsthand the positive, positive effects of this great camp. When I was a camper, yes, I was introduced to camp by my caseworker at seven years old. I had no idea the dedication, the sorrow, and the hard work that goes into planning a camp. I'm sorry, I lost my place with this. Um, as I go forth directing camp for my third camp week in two COVID years, I realize the highs and the lows. Having multiple adults from a camp staff means many different bags being brought and left at the front door of our camp doors. I thank you all for enduring and trusting the process that God has laid on your heart to make this camp a possibility. I look back at my camper days, and I'm in absolute shock of the little girl that was. I battled with identity issues, depression, and the lack of a voice that God was so desperately fighting to heal and help me recognize. And now, every single year while I'm at camp, I see the children of God whose identities and innocence have been robbed from them. And today, as I stand before you all, I can say that God has healed me of most of these traits that a once scared little girl possessed. And I know that now, together as a family, we help heal all of our campers along the way. I very distinctly remember my first camp birthday party. 
that year, my caregivers had a daughter that was born of their own. Something that I should have been so excited about filled me with so much anger, especially when she was born on my birthday. In this home, I was often burned with cigarettes if I didn't keep my uncle's cooler filled with beer. Slapped across the face if I didn't help my, fin- help my brother finish his homework and feed him dinner. So my birthday was special every single year in the sense that it was just me being a child again. I knew that sharing my birthday with a more cherished child would make my special day the same as any other. But at camp, I remember thinking selfishly that it was my camp birthday party. I soaked up all the love and the sugar and the karaoke and the singing together. And I just genuinely felt like they were celebrating my life. Of course, that night I laughed it off. The birthday parties during my camp year were genuine. And I wish I would have realized this before I returned as a staff member and celebrated my campers' birthdays and thanked God for each of their lives. Throughout my weeks as a camper, I didn't do particularly well with connecting with others. And if I'm honest, I still don't today. I'm often found alone just watching all of the fun that all of the campers were having. I was the camper that every female counselor wanted. I was obedient and peaceful and quiet. In reality, though, I was hurting so badly that I could not allow myself to become close to an adult. I couldn't take another adult beating on me and telling me how stupid and disobedient I was. So I just behaved. It took two summers at camp for me to emerge out of my shell. My would-have-been third summer of camp, my brother got an F on his report card. Naturally, it was all my fault. My My punishment was I was told that I wasn't allowed to go to camp that summer. But they lied to me and told me that my beloved RFK family didn't want me to come to camp because of it. I didn't deserve to go to camp. Digging deeper into my brain, my misbranded identity. After my absent year at camp, I returned. And the counselor that I had in years past was no longer my counselor. Unworthy, unloved, and unwanted. Just add those stickers to my misbranded sticker chart. I shied off that year at camp and tried to refuse to make memories and to have fun. I participated in chapel still because I was still obedient, and I still learned the culture of camp. In the long run, me shutting down had a ton of advantages because that's what God does. I began to finally see that God might actually love me just as much as he loved all of these safe people in my life. I got my original counselor, Becky, back that year. And through my stubbornness, I was able to connect with her more than I had in years past. I learned a lot of things about Becky that year. Becky was a foster kid. Becky came to Royal Family Kids Camp when she was a camper. And Becky's first year being a camp counselor, I was her first ever camper. I also learned through all the chaos that we had the exact same caseworker, Giovanna Smith, who sent us both to Royal Family Kids Camp. And, fun fact, she also came to both of our weddings (laughs) as we grew older. The darkness in my life suddenly had a little timber of light. 
By a raise of hands this morning, how many of you have had a tough week? This week has just been tough, right? Definitely. Since last Sunday when we all worshipped, prayed, and learned together, right? If you looked around, you'll be able to see that we're all in good company together. Nobody's week was great. Or maybe it was, and good for you. And maybe we're all just happy to see someone else has had a miserable week just like we had. But it's more that your church community is super amazing at being there for each other. Because that's what the church does. It comes up alongside those who need Abba most and help them along their journey. It comes alongside each other and we lift each other's hands up when we most need to prayer and worship. And if you've never experienced that before coming to church, then welcome home. And if you're listening online today and you're capable of coming to church, I highly recommend you start again. Just come home. Because at the end of the day, we're all God's lost children, wandering this crazy earth, waiting for a rebrand, and we will not find it without other believers. On June 7th in 2011, I began the search of how I could come back to camp at 16 years old. I wanted to be like my camp counselor, Becky. I eventually stumbled across the director of my camp on Facebook, because that's how 16-year-olds find people, right? Voices inside of my head were screaming not to message him, because there's no way he could possibly ever remember me, nor would he want me at his camp. My voices were confirmed day after day for nine months, because he did not answer my message until March 29th. And he said, you were not, you've never been forgotten. And he, he sent me a link to start the RFK application process. But as soon as I finally heard back from him, evil started working again in my life. My placement, so my house, at 16 years old failed me. And I was sent to a foster home for girls in a part of town that no girl should ever be in. The foster home got shot at and threatened as the other girls went out and messed with the members of the community. The home got such a bad omen that even police officers stopped showing up to it, or they would take their time. Today, that foster home has closed because of the havoc it cost the neighborhood. But thankfully, while the devil was at work, so was God, as I know now always is. Through me losing my house... The director of Royal Family Kids Camp still continued to fight for me to be a part of camp. He and his wife picked me up from the orphanage and drove me to camp so that I could still be a staff member at 16 years old at Royal Family Kids Camp. So I packed up my bags from the tired old drawer of the Raggedy Girls home, and I went to camp. And all the while, voices inside of my head were screaming, How could you possibly make a difference? At camp, I met a camper that changed my life. She adored me, and she loved me, but she was the meanest girl at camp. She bit her counselor. She headbutt her counselor. She'd constantly be running away. But once she seen me, her eyes would light up, and she would just be a little innocent girl again. By the end of the week, she asked me if she can come home and live with me. Because her foster family didn't love her as much as I did, and they were never nice to her. 
And if I had the home to bring her to, I probably would have. (laughs) I went to camp that summer with very selfish reasons of just wanting to relive my happiest childhood memories and re-encounter the people that were nice to me once upon a time, only to be someone who was the only nice person in a camper's life. God used every single broken piece of me to temporarily and messily put the pieces of the camper back together. As I came back other years, so did this particular camper. She grew and changed so much as her years at camp progressed. She eventually got a new foster home and got adopted. And this foster home loved Jesus. So she became a new person at camp. Instead of biting counselors and headbutting counselors, she started showing the younger kids how they should act at camp. She started leading lessons in chapel with our chapel coordinator, asking if she could sing songs at the front of the stage rather than running out of chapel all the time. And it was amazing to see that. I prayed that she would come back to camp and serve children like she so desperately wanted to and tried to do during her graduating year. Seeing me shine into the lives of children, and I shared a little bit of my testimony with her because she deserved it. And knowing what I've gone through, she began to dream of coming back to camp too, just like I did when Becky was my counselor. In 2019, on Recruitment Sunday at my previous church, 16-year-old Diamond walked through those doors and asked if she can come to camp and be a camp counselor. But better than that, Diamond's mom came up to me and said, what did you do to my daughter? Every single year, she would come back and she would be a different girl. But I was so heartbroken every single year when she didn't want to come home from camp. But today, Kimmy, you made me understand the healing you have created in my baby's life. And I thank you. Unfortunately, Diamond ended up not coming to camp that year. I've called her foster mom many times and reached out more than I can count. And I've never heard a response back. And I have to be honest. The devil has snuck thoughts into my brain. It's your fault, Kimmy. She's not at camp. What did you say to her mom? But today, I am stronger than I was at 6, 8, and 16, and when I talk to her mom. But despite all we overcome in life, there will always be a spiritual battle going around in all of us. And all we need to do is raise our swords and fight, no matter how tough our weeks get. Because when we are weary and weak, and maybe we don't want to look up to God, we have our church family and we have our families who will raise our hands and worship and pray for us. Even when we feel as though our own blood has failed us. I raise my hand. This week has been tough for me. It always is coming up to RFK Sunday. There's always a huge spiritual battle, either within my home or within my family. But today is particularly tough for me because 14 years ago, Today, my brother died after fighting for his life in a coma for three days. And it's the first time I ever prayed to God. And I said, because he was in a car crash, um, a pole collapsed on him as a drunken driver hit the pole. Um, And he would have been paralyzed from the chest down. 
And I remember praying that night, saying, God, please don't make his life miserable. He will be so much happier with you. And the next day, he, he went to go be with Jesus. So it's bittersweet. Um, today, I thank you, church, for investing in these children so they, too, have the chance to come to camp and get introduced to safe and caring people. I thank you for instilling relationships into each other that are healthy, supportive, spiritual, and loving, for, each, for celebrating each other's wins and victories, because it's a feeling that is often overlooked and forgotten to be appreciated. I thank you for challenging me today to use my voice to advocate for kids who cannot be here to speak for themselves. I thank you for being each other's village so we can then be the village to our foster kids. Camp couldn't be camp without loving patriots lifting it up in a loving and prayerful manner. I ask that each and every one of you continue to pray and support this camp and this church because guess what? Even though we all love Pastor Brian so much, he cannot be the church by himself. And we need to support the other family members of our church. So you guys, we have an informational booth in the back today. There's some literature to learn more about the statistics of camp and stuff that I didn't quite get into today. There's a sign-up sheet, so if you'd like to come to our week of camp, um, you can go ahead and sign up on there. And I'll go ahead and send you an email with an application and stuff like that. Um, and if you want to talk to either me, Matt, or Zanette, please come and talk to us. We'd love to pray over you, talk with you, um, just be there for you. Um, check out our merchandise and our bake sale. More information at those counters. And have a great week. God bless you. Great job, Kimmy, and great job, team, and thank you for your candor and your transparency. For a lot of you, Kimmy's story probably wrecks you. You probably haven't heard that. And I know Kimmy enough to know she doesn't share all the details either. And as rough as her story is, it's also amazing. Because God has redeemed her life. But here is when we know it's the work of the Lord. He hasn't just redeemed her life. She is now being used by God to redeem other kids' lives. That's the work of the kingdom. Some of you, you're like, I can't take five days off to help at a camp. Oh, we get that. We know. Not everybody can do that. But what you can do, you can give. You can give today. You can give to RFK. When you just give to Thrive Church, part of our missions giving goes to Royal Family Kids. So we don't just ask you, church, to do it. We as a church do it ourselves. Uh, we believe in it. You know, James 1.27. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. <laughs> it was a few years ago now when Kimmy, they came to us like, can we start a camp? 
mean, I think we'd already talked about it some. Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> she had a big thing prepared. Like, the Bible says do it. That's the end of it. <laughs> like, we don't have to. I don't need a prayer meeting over this. The Bible says do this. This is what it is to truly worship the Lord. It's not a. And I don't do that much. They do all the work. I, I'm just. I'm just a microphone. God wants to use you to help redeem lives. And he might use a financial gift to camp. He might use a few hours in the week. You might be able to build something nobody can build. Some of you, like they need some days in the week, you could, they need guys who can grill. Does anybody here like to grill? Yeah. You drive out to Indiana on a summer day and grill. Sounds like a pretty good day. That's not bad. And that, honestly, you're, you're touching lives. This is what it is. And I love the last part of that verse, refusing to let the world corrupt you. We have a world that life is not that valuable to. We just do. If you're willing to beat somebody in the streets to, quote, save their life from a virus, you don't value life. And it's not because, oh, they have the wrong politics. It's because they don't understand the intrinsic value of how God views life. That God values your life before eternity passed. He values your life. He loves you unbelievably ridiculously there's no how no matter how far you go so you don't know this but i have not legally but basically an adopted brother who grew up in the foster care system so this is near and dear to my heart you wouldn't know this but he's blind in his left eye because at two years old a foster dad took a bat to the back of his head if you, you, you couldn't tell by looking at him. But fast forward to now, as God got a hold of his heart and his life, he didn't go to RFK, but he went to Jesus, which is just as, uh, which is better, <laughs> the best, right? That's the whole point of RFK, so that they know Jesus. They know they're loved, and then hopefully they know that love ultimately comes from the Father. That's the ultimate love. My brother he met that love and it changed his life now he's he's been in Christian music for many years he's won multiple dove awards um, there was even a point in the song if he didn't play it it didn't it didn't chart in the country because God redeemed his life and just from foster parents who said I'm gonna show you Jesus he had some terrible ones. He had some amazing ones. Kimmy's the exact result of somebody saying, I'll, I'll do a camp. I'll do what I can do. And God changed her life, the trajectory of her life. She's, come on, church. Let's get behind it. I know you're already behind it. I don't got to sell it. She does a better job than I ever could anyway. But that's what today's about. I'm not going to have you come to the altar today. I'm going to ask you to go to the table. I'm going to ask you to go to the offering box. 
We literally, it is a box right there, <laughs> which the Greenans redid our first one. We're doing the second one. They did an awesome job. Um, but, but give where you can or go online and give or, or go to the table and say, just contact me. If you're like, I don't know if I can get off five days. I don't know if I can make it. I, man, just sign up. Just sign up. We'll figure out the rest later. You don't, there's nothing in there. There's no clause about your soul or about the your mortgage. <laughs> it's just saying, I want to hear more about camp. Contact me. Talk to me. Let me hear from it one-on-one what I, what I can do, what I can be a part of. Can we do that, church? Can we give? Step up today and say give. Go to the bake table and buy, buy it. They shouldn't leave here with any food. You're like, I don't need any food. It's Super Bowl Sunday. That's, that's, that doesn't even make any sense. It's Super Bowl Sunday. You need all the food you can get. Right? All right, let's stand, church. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that you have a heart for the lost and the hurting. This is your heart as a father. God, just as we celebrate the Salt family, what an amazing family. My friends. And how great you've been to them. That's your heart for every kid everywhere. That their families, their lives be redeemed. What the enemy meant for evil, Lord, you'll turn for good. What the enemy meant for destruction, God will turn back into life. And spark in the lives of others the domino effect in our hearts in this room to do everything we can do to save every kid we can. That you'll provide more than enough workers for camp this year in Jesus' name. You'll provide more than enough funds this year that they need, God. Materials, time. Those who are like, I can't get off work this year. You, the boss would call them in and say, I don't know why I'm giving you this off, but I'm giving it to you. You do whatever you got to do, God. And I just want to extend, God, for those who are sick in our church. Think of Jenny Brown. I pray for her healing. By your stripes, you would heal her. Healing is the children's bread. Nicole, an extended family. I thank you, Scott's here today. God, you keep healing him. God, just keep moving in our midst. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10. Oh,